You're listening to a podcast from Victory Alabang. How can we trust God more? Discover the benefits of God's Word in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. All right, good afternoon, everyone. How are you guys doing this afternoon? Ready for training? Ready for exercise? Some of you said yes. All right. Uh, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, I would like to welcome you uh, as a as they said earlier, my name is Pastor Ariel Marquez. Uh, I'm one of the pastors of this church, and uh, we are going through uh, our second installment on this series entitled Cross Training. Can you say that with me? Cross Training. Cross Training is actually a, uh, actually a, uh, a word that describes certain athletic disciplines of some athletes uh, outside their uh, regular routine of sports. And so... We're going to be talking about, uh, last week we talked about prayer. Today we're going to talk about the Word of God. Next week we're going to be talking about generosity. Everybody say generosity. And the week after we're going to talk about fasting. Okay? Fasting is not eating. It's not eating very fasting. Okay? (laughs) We are looking at the spiritual disciplines that we need to develop as Christians. And how many of you know that you and I, uh, you know, need to have this kind of discipline so that we can actually win this war. We are in a war. You and I are in a war. How many of you believe in victory? You don't want to live in defeat, right? We believe in victory so much that we named our church Victory, right? Can you imagine if we name our church Defeated Christian Fellowship? Would you attend that church? How I many of you invite somebody, oh, can you come to church with me? Come to Defeated Christian Fellowship. DCF. You know, speaking of uh, winning, I think last week we had uh, some major events won in the SEA Games, particularly the triathlon team. Okay? So we have the very first gold medal achieved by our women triathletes. And, uh, you know, can we give the Lord praise for that? Okay, that brought pride and honor to our nation, of course. Even in the men's division, uh, Nico Huelgas won, I think, gold. For our nation, unfortunately, several days after, uh, you probably heard of the news of the diving event. I don't want to play the video anymore. It pains me. But somehow, the, the picture is, you know, there are two Filipinos, not just one, but two. Filipinos who actually tried the dive, diving competition, and unfortunately, they did not dive head first. One dove and landed on his back, the first one, and the other one landed feet first. Okay, so instead of like that, okay, so um, of course, it's, uh, they, uh, they uh, got a score of zero for both of them. In fact, uh, newspapers or reports said that these divers were made to compete in the Sea Games without proper training and supervision. They were actually uh, without any support. And so they're now asking. Uh, the Sports Commission, what happened, and they're now even asking the aquatics coach if they were indeed trained. Of course, we still want to, um, you know, pray for them. Of course, that's, can you imagine millions of Filipinos, I mean, viewers actually around the world saw the dive, and if you haven't seen the dive, uh, it's all over uh, YouTube, okay? But speaking of, I believe that, you know, in order for us to be, become victorious, we need training, Right? Training is important. Tell the person beside you, training is important. We need training and discipline. You know, diving is a hard sport. 
triathlon is a, it's a hard sport. Basketball is a hard sport. Come on now. It's too old now. How many warriors do we have in this place? Come on. How many cavaliers do we have in this place? How many Lakers do we have in this place? Woo! <laughs> so no matter what happens, I believe these guys are really in it to win it. They've trained, they're determined, they've prepared hard for the finals. And I believe that if this is seen in the sporting event, this has got to be seen as well in the spiritual realm. I believe that as Christians, we've got to train ourselves so that when the enemy comes in like a flood, we will rise up and we will win the war. Amen. We are all in a war. You and I are recruited. The moment that we said yes to Jesus, you and I have been recruited to war. Every single day, you are in a battle, whether you're aware of it or not. We are in a fight. And we've got to be trained to have victory. And so, for the next uh, three weeks that's left, uh, these are the series objective. Our church members will embrace and do spiritual disciplines as they understand the benefits of training for godly living. Last week, we talked about what? Prayer, the importance of prayer. We talked about that prayer is not just a chore that we do. We, we know that prayer is more than a, you know, coming into a place and then you clock in and then after maybe spending time with God, asking for all the you know, supplications, asking for all the prayer requests and then you clock out. That's it. I believe that prayer can be 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Amen. That we don't have to be disconnected with God. Prayer is a two-way relationship with God. We speak to Him, God speaks to us as well. And today we're going to be talking about reading the Bible. Everybody say Bible. How many of you have a Bible? Please raise your hand. You own a Bible. How many of you own a Bible? How many of you love your Bible? How many of you read your Bible? Yes, praise God. Pastor Ryan, you should take a picture of this. They're raising up their hand. I hope they're not lying. But anyway, they are. They are telling the truth. Anyway, I'd like for us to stand up right now. We're going to be reading God's Word this afternoon. And let's turn our Bibles, open your Bible, to Psalm chapter 19, beginning in verse 7 to 11. In fact, actually, we have made the Bibles available. Um, you may actually borrow Bibles from the outside. You can use that during the service. So we encourage everybody to bring your own Bible, uh, particularly the ESV version. But if you don't have an ESV version, it's fine. Just bring them anyway. If you have a, a tablet or maybe an iPad or an iPhone, I think it's easily downloadable for free. You can uh, download an ESV app and you can enjoy reading the Bible. So let's turn to Psalm chapter 19, verse 7 to 11. I'll be reading it. You can just follow along. Verse 7, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Everybody say, great reward. 
Father, we are so grateful for the Bible that we have. Thank you for the, Lord, just the openness and the blessing of this nation. Lord God, in the openness to read your word, we can enjoy the preaching of your word in any place. The Bible is available anywhere. And we thank you that as a people of God, we will get to love your scripture because your word is life. So Lord, even today, we ask that you would bless the preaching of your word. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in our hearts once again to guide us, to teach us all truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. Alright, so when you talk about uh, this particular psalm, Psalm 19 was written by David, King David. And once again, it's a declaration of uh, God wanting to communicate with man. Actually, if you go to the first six verses of Psalm chapter 19, you will notice that uh, God, through His very nature, is trying to reveal Himself to man. And the next verses, when he was describing the Word of God, he was basically saying that he's given us the Bible and the Word or the counsel of God's Word in order for us to know him in a more intimate way. You know, how many of you know that God wants to talk to his people? God wants to communicate with us. You know, God didn't just create man and then leave them on the earth and then we'll come back one day. And then, see you later, alligator. I don't think God is God. God is wanting to communicate with us every single day. That from the time that the first man was created, Adam, together with his wife Eve, God wanted to communicate with them. How many of you agree with me on that? That God actually created them not on the first day, but on the sixth day? Had He wanted them to just work for Him, He would have made them slaves or servants. You know, come work with me. You know, I'm going to create you. Let there be man. Let's create the world together. But you know what? In the first day, God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. In fact, when you talk about the word of God, the spoken word is so powerful that they can actually create something out of nothing. God merely spoke. God just said, let there be light. And what happened? You know, the firmament and everything, the light particles just bonded together and formed light as we know it today. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting that as he continued this creation that you know, he did not create man on the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, but on the last day, because God wanted them to wake up seeing him resting and not working. The very relationship that he wants to, you know, uh, uh, build with man is that of fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. And the most important component in building a relationship is communication. How many of you know that by now? If you are married, you should know that by now. How many married people do I have in this place? Okay, we talked about that last week, right? Communication is important. Okay? And God wants to communicate with us. Now, going back to the scripture in verse 7, we will find that David actually emphasized the word of God six times. There's a six-fold repetition in this particular passage of scripture. In verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is what? Perfect. Reviving the soul. And then he went on to describe the Word of God again. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And then he went on to describe it in another way. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And then he went on to say another, another way. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Then he said this, the 
Fear of the Lord, another description for God's Word, is clean, enduring forever. And the last is the, the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. In other words, what he's saying is, when you talk about God's Word, it's coming from the Word of God. It's coming from God Himself. What he's saying is there are benefits. There are reasons why we need to engage with God's Word. People have died giving their life for the preservation of that Word. That Bible that is sitting on your lap right now, people paid the price for that. And some people are still paying the price so that they can have the freedom to enjoy just reading that. You know, how much do we love the Word of God? Are we willing to pay the price? You know, this is, you know, in fact, it says in my Bible, Holy Bible. How many of you have that, you know, in, in your Bible? Nakalagay dun Holy Bible. How many of you know that this Bible is holy? But sometimes we look at this Bible, since it's holy Bible, don't touch it. It's holy. You know, I grew up with that mindset. You know, I grew up looking at, you know, we have a family Bible. It's huge. And my mom and my dad kept it in a glass case. It is so holy, no one should touch it. No one should read it. We felt like we're not qualified to understand the things that are written in the Bible. God designed the Word so that He can interface and have a relationship with man. He spoke His promise. He spoke through the written Word. There's life in the Word. And I believe that the reason why it is called holy, the only way for this thing to be called holy is if it, if it will find its way in the heart of man and transform us to become the holy people of God. That is what makes this Bible holy. Amen? Come on now. That is the Word of God. It has power to transform. In fact, if you open your Bible, the more beat up the Bible is, the better. This is my, actually, I don't know how many you know, times I changed my Bible already because my first uh, few Bibles have been beat up, you know, written all over, you know, there's highlight. You're highlighting your Bible, Pastor. That's holy. It's okay. As long as what you highlight and when you write, you apply it in your heart. You know, it's all about application. Amen. It's not just about Bible knowledge. The reason why we're here in church is not just so that we can dump all this Bible knowledge and you will go out of this place and say, I know more about the Bible today. The question is not how much you know. The question is how much we do. I mean, are we willing to obey the Word if you read it every single day? You know, the story in Matthew chapter 7 about these two builders is so vivid. When Jesus was describing the two, the two builders, and He said the, the first builder was a wise man who built his house on the rock, and you know, the, the elements of the air came, the, the, the wind blew against that house, the flood rose, and it stood still. Now, the second man built his house on sand or maybe faulty foundation. He probably used the same kind of materials as the first one, but yet what he did was he chose a faulty foundation. And so when the elements came and the earth and the wind and the, the waters rose, that house actually crashed. And what's the difference? Jesus went on to explain. The first man was someone who heard the word and did something about the word. He heard, everybody say hear, and obey. 
he heard the word and he obeyed the word. The second man, which is called the foolish builder, heard the word. How many of you know that we don't lack any, you know, any information on the word of God? There's always something about the word. You listen to the word every time. I mean, you can download podcasts. You can attend the services. You can attend all services. We have different lead pastors in this church. If you want to hear the word every Sunday, you can listen to Pastor Sunny, Pastor Jonathan, myself, Pastor Ryan from time to time. He preaches Pastor John. I mean, there's no shortage of the word of God. You can actually attend different kinds of victory groups and listen to the word of God preached. But I believe the difference is not in the hearing the word. The difference is in the doing the word. So many people hear the word. You know how it is, right? If you have children, how young as they are, you know, sometimes when you speak the word, enter one ear, out the other. And many Christians are kind of like that. You listen to the word, it tickles your ears, and then it goes out. Okay, it sounds nice. But did it help us? It did not. Because we did not apply what we've heard. We value, we have to value the Word of God more than anything else. You know, even King uh, David said this in verse 10. He said, more to be desired are they. What's the they here? The Word. Than what? Than gold. And then he emphasized even much fine gold. Not just ordinary gold, fine gold. The one that is really, you know, more expensive. And he said, the word of God is more valuable than fine gold. Gold is actually a standard of economies. The only way that they can print money is if they have gold to back it up. But some economies just print money anyway without gold backing it up. But that's how precious gold is. It's a precious metal. But yet King David is emphasizing that this word is more precious than gold. I have yet to see someone on his deathbed with his family members, you know, going around him and maybe just waiting for him to go and, you know, go to the next life. Have you ever, you know, seen those kind of movies? People were in the patriarch is about to die and, you know, he wanted everybody there. You know, uh, you know, is everybody here already? Is my wife here present? Is my, you know, is my eldest here present? You know, if you're all here who's guarding the store, you know, you know, you know is, is, that, is that the concern of someone who's going to die? Or if you're about to die, are you going to tell your wife, I want you to give me a rundown of our statements of asset and liabilities. Let me know my security portfolio. Let me know how much money do we have in our bank account. You know, I, I believe nobody's going to ask that. But maybe... Someone who's in the deathbed would probably ask, can you read me Psalm 23? Can you read the promise of God that the Lord is indeed my shepherd? Can you read me Psalm 91? I'll be protected. That even though I walk in the snare, God's going to be my deliverer and God's going to be there for me. You know, the word of God is eternal. It's more valuable than any of a world's treasure. The, the benefits of knowing and obeying the word of God is greater than all and everything that money can buy. It's indescribable. Even in the New Testament, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All Scripture, everybody say, All Scripture. When you say all Scripture, everything, the complete counsel of God's Word from Genesis to the book of Maps, to the book of Revelation, okay? everything there is breathed by God. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, 
for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. When you say breathed by God, it means that it is inspired by God. Some people say, eh, isn't the Bible just, you know, work of man? You know, man just, you know, wrote these things and translated them. That's why sometimes the Bible is so inconsistent. You know, have they read the Bible to say that the Bible is inconsistent? There's nothing inconsistent about the Word of God. We're going to look at that in a while. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21 says, Above all, everybody say, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. How precious this Word of God is. It's so interesting that, yes, God used men to physically write the Scripture as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. But think about this. The Bible has been in process, and it's, of course the canon is done, for, one, for a period of 1,600 years. Written by about 40 men from different periods of time. And yet when they're in the writings, everything fell into place. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. And yet every prophecy about Christ is consistent and every prophecy about the birth of Christ has been fulfilled already. Can you imagine how did that happen? How did the 40 men who wrote all the scriptures, did they connive? Okay, ganito sabihin mo, ha? sabihin mo, ha? Was there a time capsule? You know, well, Isaiah, can you say this to Hezekiah? Okay, okay, you do this. Okay, uh, uh, Paul, you gotta say this. You know, they didn't. It was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit who moved in the hearts of men as they were writing along. That's why I believe the Word of God is no ordinary book. It is not just a history book. It is, it is more than a book of literature. It is more than a collection of poems, though there are poems. It is more than a book of wisdom. It is more than a storybook. It is a book of life. Amen. And I believe that there are benefits of the Word of God. I want to share to you just three coming from this text. The benefits. The question for us this afternoon is, is the Bible still relevant for us today? And I believe it is. Because people are saying, that's an old book. It's an ancient book. Can that still affect me today? First, what does the Bible give us? It gives us life. Everyone say life. How many of you are alive? Please raise your hand. Okay, please, uh, you know, check the table's pulse, okay? Baka mamaya, tulog na yan, okay? Okay, life. Psalm 19, verse 7, uh, 8 says, The law of the Lord is what? Perfect. Reviving. The soul. I mean, there's power in the spoken word. You know, it's not just any ordinary book. It, you know, this book breathes life to all of us. In First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Like newborn infants or babies long for a pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. Now, how many of you have had babies before? If you have children. Remember the time when, you were, when your kids were still babies? Do you remember that? Do you remember the time when they were always craving for milk? And all they do is cry at night, crying for milk. You know, when babies do cry, they only need one of two things. It's either they need input or output. 
input or output. But many times, the reason why they cry is because they crave for milk. They're crying out for milk. And a baby is normal if it's crying. Because it means that it's hungry. But if a baby is not craving for milk, there's something wrong with that baby. It's either it's sick, it's either, you know, something's wrong with a, I don't know, stomach, or maybe that baby is sleeping. In the same way, as Christians, we need to crave spiritual milk, the milk of God's Word. You know, I have yet to see people who are really longing to, to hear and to listen the Word of God. You know, you know, in other nations, they are crying out for the Word. When I went to China two weeks ago, it was such, a, you know, such an amazement for me because though they are in a close country, they're doing everything they can to be able to preach the word. But it was really worse maybe about 20 years ago when no Bible can be found. It was limited. And people have got to literally go there to smuggle Bibles into China so that one Bible can be divided with one village. And they will subdivide each Bible. Can you imagine? And they will you know, spread the word. Okay, this is for you. This is for you. This is for you. Next week, we'll exchange pages. And that's how they did it. And yet here we are, we have the complete book, and we don't even dare open it. The Bible gives us life. Amen. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus said, You know, it is written, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, he was using the scripture to counter the devil. When the devil was tempting him, he was using the very word of God as a weapon and as a sword. In fact, the devil, as a serpent in the garden, the strategy of the enemy was to put doubts in the word of God. He basically asked Eve, did God really say not to eat the fruit? You know, every time you listen to the voice of the enemy, it's always something that is putting doubt in the Word of God. But I believe the Word of God is life. You know, there's a story of a Japanese prisoner. He actually was a murderer, convicted murderer. His name is Tokichi Ichi. Okay, Tokichi, everybody say Tokichi Ichi. The first name is Tokichi, the last name is Ichi. He was converted before his ex- execution in Japan in 1918. What happened was, two missionaries went to his prison cell to basically shared to him the Word of God. They just went through the book of Luke. As he was reading the book of Luke, he reached this point towards the end of the book when he saw this verse, Father, when Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. That hit him so hard, gave his heart to the Lord, he got saved, he became a Christian. Unfortunately, the execution has to still continue, but he died as a Christian. No matter if you are in death row, if the Word of God is there, how many of you know that the Word of God can give us life? Amen. That is the power of God's Word. I had the, the privilege of being able to share uh, to my father-in-law uh, several years back uh, the Word of God. When my, uh, sibling, uh, when my sister-in-law rushed my father-in-law to the hospital, we, you know, my wife and I visited 
And, you know, we felt like it was time for us to preach the gospel, to share the word. And as we were sharing the word, I, I felt like he was ready for the word. And he, we, we asked, are you ready to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? He said, yes. We prayed for him. Guess what? Three days later, he passed away. We didn't know. But yet, we believe that though he died, yet he lives. Because the word of God gives life. Amen. Come on. Give the Lord praise. The word brings life to us. There's a story of this missionary who went to Africa. And uh, what they're doing in Africa years, many, many years ago, decades ago, what they were doing is they're preaching the word and they were giving Bibles to the locals. One African man said, I don't need your God. I am happy with what I am. And he was actually in bondage with smoking weed, pot, marijuana. And he saw the Bible. He said, wow, that's a good material. I can actually use that as a rolling paper. I'm not talking about Pastor Sani, okay? But that was his story. But anyway, so, so the missionary said, I will give you this Bible if you promise me to read this Bible every time, excuse me, every time you smoke pot. Before you smoke pot, read first the page before you roll. You have to rock and roll. And so that's exactly what this African guy did. Before he would smoke the pot, he would read the page, tear the page, roll the pot, and smoke it. And then the next day, the next day he would actually read the Bible, tear the page, roll the weed, and smoke the weed. He smoked through Matthew. He smoked through Mark. He smoked through Luke. But when he got through John 3.16, how many of you memorized John 3.16? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, 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 no. Of course not, right? God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. And this is what hit this guy. He said this. It actually changed him so much Dropped honestly, accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. That's his real test. It's a real story. And he became a Christian. I think he became even a minister. And as he goes out, he said, you know, I was smoking weed. And I, I smoked through Matthew, Mark, Luke. But when I got to John, I got saved. <laughs> That's a powerful story. Amen. Powerful story. Don't ever underestimate the power of this word. There should be actually a warning. Danger can change your life. Because it does. It will change one person's life. Wisdom is the second benefit of reading the Word. In Psalm chapter 19, verse 7b, it says, The testimony of the Lord is what? It's sure. Sigurado. Without a doubt. Making wise the... Simple. And when you talk about the simple here, simple is another word for, excuse me for the term, stupid. It's another translation for stupid. The simple here does not mean not complicated. Or maybe the simple here is not, it does not mean not extravagant. But the reason the Bible is saying it's, uh, you know, it's actually doing a comparison that if you are a simple, you need the wisdom of the Word of God in order for you to be a wise man. In verse 8, it says, The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening, 
the eyes. How many of you are believing God for wisdom? How many of you need wisdom right now? We all need wisdom. Tell the person beside you, you need wisdom. You look like you need wisdom, okay? <laughs> we need wisdom from God every day. You know, I need wisdom on how to raise up my family, how to be a better husband, how to be a better pastor. I need wisdom. There are decisions that we make every single day that the wisdom of the world cannot answer. The sad reality is there is a certain wisdom that the world is offering. But how many of you that nothing compares to the wisdom of God? Amen. And we need, come on, give the Lord praise. We need the wisdom of God. This world is not lacking in information. So much information is floating out there. If you go and walk into a bookstore, if you go to National Bookstore or Fully Book, there's thousands of books. If you go through Google in the internet, there's so many information. But what's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Knowledge is pure information. Wisdom is applied knowledge. How do we apply the knowledge that we get into our daily life? In fact, a wise person is a person whose life makes sense in the light of reality. Given your situation right now, wisdom is basically asking the Lord, Lord, I am facing a situation right now wherein I need to pay taxes. You know, there are some back uh, arrears in my, in my uh, taxes because uh, BIR is saying that I have, uh, you know, this much. But in reality, I actually closed my business a long time ago. So what do I do? Do I bribe? Or do I do it the right way? That's why wisdom is needed in those situations. The world's wisdom would say, just get out of it. Just bribe. You know, everybody's corrupt anyway. But there's probably a better way to do it. Amen. We need wisdom. The counsel of the Lord is better than the wisdom of the world. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Let the word of God dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Last Ignite conference, one of our uh, guest speakers came from uh, Singapore. And I think I shared this last weekend when we showed you the video. Um, Rachel Ong, basically, she grew up uh, in a Christian home. Uh, she had a sister who was really an achiever. And uh, many times they were being compared by the family. And so since the sister is an achiever, every time the parents would... Uh, introduce a sister to maybe some relatives or friends, it will take about maybe five to ten minutes to just describe the achievement of that sister of Rachel. And so when it comes uh, her turn to be described by the mom and dad, and, and all they can say is, this is Rachel. She is a good girl. That's the only way that they would describe it. Because she was rather slow in her academics. In grade one, the teacher would say to her, to her parents, she has good character, but she is very slow. Grade two, still good character, but very, very slow. It went on and on and on, year after year. The comment is, she is slow in academics. One of her aunts basically told her, Rachel, if you want to be good in your academics, let me encourage you, read the Word of God. And she took that to heart. You know what she did? She started devouring the Word of God. She read this Word page upon page, verse upon verse, meditating on the Word, memorized the Word, 
In fact, to this day, she said, I still memorize the scriptures every night before I go to bed. And that's amazing. And it, she said, it changed the way I think. God provided wisdom to me. And she said this, when I finally, it's my turn to apply for college, I just tried to apply in several colleges abroad. And she said, I tried you know, uh, applying in Harvard University. And she was granted scholarship in Harvard University. Can you imagine that? Come on, give the Lord praise for that. From one who is a slow learner to someone who qualified in Harvard as a scholar to maintain a certain GPA as a scholar. How many of you that is tough? And she maintained it year after year after year after year. And she said, that is my testimony. How many students do we have in this place? Can you please raise your hand? How many of you need your grades to be resurrected from the dead? <laughs> Read your Bible. Read the Word. Meditate on it. It's not enough for us to just read the Word. You've got to meditate on it day and night. You know, I remember, you know, uh, Joshua 1.8 talks about, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night. Everybody say day and night. Day and night. So what? So that we will be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will become prosperous and successful. How many of you would like to be prosperous and successful? Please raise your hand. Simple lang yan. Read the word. Tell the person beside you. Read the word. Meditate on it. It gives us wisdom. It gives us wisdom for daily living. If you want to have wisdom, read the book of Proverbs. It's full of wisdom. Okay? Some people are saying... How can the Bible be relevant? It's an ancient book. It's an ancient book. Can we still read that? Is that relevant for science and medicine? Guess what? I'm just going to show you just several findings in science and medical discovery. You know, about dead bodies that spread germs. They discovered that dead bodies spread germs in 1845. Yet that was mentioned in the book of Numbers chapter 19, 1400 before Christ was born. It was already founded in Scripture. It says, uh, you know, they discovered that uh, it, we need to wash those uh, with diseases in running water. They only found that in the 20th century that we need to use safeguard. No, no, just kidding. Okay. But that was mentioned in Leviticus chapter 15, verse 31, 1400 years before Christ was born. Even before the scientific discovery was made, the Bible already spoke about that. How many of you know, though this was an ancient book, it paved the way for science and medicine? Amen. It actually validated. You know, basically, science is just following the Bible. The Bible is trying to prove itself. The Bible is the all truth. The Bible is the precept of God. The Bible is all wisdom and all knowledge from God, the one who created the heavens and the earth. And science is just merely there to discover what is already there. They found out in the 1600s that water is essential to plant life. Isaiah was writing about this. When he talked about the cedars need rain from the sky in order to live in 1712 BC. They said that life expectancy is around 70 years. They only discovered that in the 20th century, maybe 80. This was written by Moses, Psalm 90 verse 10. It says, uh, our days are about 70 years, 80 if we have the strength. And he said, teach us to number our days aright so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And that was written by Moses 1400 
BC. The law of gravity was discovered by Isaac, Sir Isaac Newton, 1727. Yet Job wrote about that in Job chapter 26 when he said the earth was actually hanging in space. Talking about gravity. Way before the discovery of Sir Isaac Newton. Photosynthesis. How many science students do we have here? How many of you remember photosynthesis? Some of you tried to forget it already, right? Photosynthesis is actually the process of changing light chemicals into food chemicals so that it can sustain plant life. Okay? It was discovered in 1844. It was written in Deuteronomy 33 verse 14. 1423 B.C. Let's move on. Blood is essential to life. Discovered 1777 by William Hewson. It was written in the Levitical law by God himself. That life is in the blood. It's all there. Earth is round. People before used to think that the earth is flat, that you will fall off the edge you know, if you reach the edge. Yet Christopher Columbus discovered in 1492, no, it's not flat, it's round. I went around it. And yet it was mentioned in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22, that he sits in the circle of the earth. It was being described there. The shape of, of the earth has always been there in the book. They were trying to estimate the number of stars in the sky. Ptolemy tried to number it by saying it's about 1,056. Kepler said it's about 1,005. And then today, they said, no one knows. But yet in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, God told Abraham, come on out. Look at the stars and count them if you can indeed count them. That's how many number of descendants that you will have. And that's the promise of God to Abraham. Amen. How many of you know that science is merely one that is validating what's already found in scriptures? And each star is different. 1900s, it was verified when they discovered a telescope, and yet it was actually mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 when the Apostle Paul was describing the resurrected body, that each body is unique. Resurrected body and celestial body, and each star is different one from another. It's written in the book in 57 A.D. I believe that this Bible is the authority even over science and medicine. Amen? Come on now. Give the Lord praise over that. And I can talk more about this, but there's no more time. The last is joy. Everybody say joy. How many of you want joy? I mean, we're looking for joy. People are looking for happiness. You know, people are looking for pursuit of happiness. But what can bring us joy is having a relationship enough to give joy in our hearts. If you're a single person here, will joy be brought by you finding the love of your life? Lord, reveal to me naman na. Now na. Will that bring us joy? It might. But will that be permanent? Maybe, maybe not. Will having a lot of money in your bank bring us joy? Yes, pastor. <laughs> I've spoken to quite a number of rich people and they are not happy even if they have money and they don't have Christ. They feel so insecure. They feel scared that anytime they can be kidnapped, anytime they can be sick and everything that they have will be taken away from them. That's not joy. Because real joy can only be found in the Word of God. 
joy unspeakable needs to be eternal, not temporal. Amen. And when you talk about joy, the only thing that, that can give us eternal, pure joy is the Word of God. In verse 8, it says, The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, sweeter than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. You know, joy basically comes when we, see, we receive the Word and there's hope you know, in, in, you know, in our life in the future. You know, many people are desperate. Many people are worried, anxious about the future. But I believe that it's only the Word of God that can anchor our souls and say, Lord, no matter what happens, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but the Word of God will endure forever. Amen. It will last even in eternity. Amen. The Word of God brings so much joy even to the Gentiles. The Apostle Paul, when they were ministering, Paul and Barnabas, they were preaching the Word to the Jews. They were rejected by the Jews, so God told them, go and preach to the Gentiles. And this is what we see in Acts chapter 13. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, what happened? They began what? Rejoicing. And glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life, believe. You know, one of my friends, uh, way back in our first church when I was a young believer, his name is Crispin Ang. He was studying, he's a pure Chinese. He had a, an exchange program in Xiamen University in China. And when he was there back in the 1980s, he basically brought some Bibles. And one of the Bibles that he brought, he gave to a Christian pastor. Christian, a pastor, a pastor. And the pastor, when he received that Bible, was so excited, he kissed the Bible, he was jumping for joy, my Bible. Can you imagine a pastor without a Bible? In China. And he explained to Crispin, you know what, 23 years ago, in 1967, my house burned down and my Bible burned in the house. Ever since then, I was crying out to the Lord, Lord, give me a Bible. I want my own Bible again. And you came after 23 years, gave me this Bible. And Crispin said, when did your house get burned? 1967. He said, I was born, 1968. I believe when you were praying, maybe I was the answer to your prayers. And maybe my purpose in this earth is to be able to give this Bible to you so that you can preach the word in China. This is a real story. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise for that? Real story. The Bible is just, I mean, we can go on and on and on and talk about stories, about how the Bible can change lives, can bring us wisdom, can bring us life, can bring us joy. John 15, verse 11, it says, These things I have spoken to you. What are the things? Keeping the commandments, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. What can bring us joy? Keeping the commands. What can bring us joy? Listening to the Word of God. And obeying the Word of God. My main point as I close this service is God's Word brings an abundant life. Really. No hoax here. As your pastor, I'm saying this. This is reality. Every time you wake up in the morning and when you invest a few minutes reading the Word of God, it will change your life. You know, I brought my daily Bible here. This is, I don't know how many Bibles I purchased already, but this is what I'm currently using right now. I'm using a one-year Bible. I'm not here to promote this Bible. I'm here to just show you what I'm doing. Practically, 
we need to act on the word that we have heard today. Amen. The Bible says, do not be merely hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And so this is what I'm using. Every single day, today is June 14, you open to the date June 14, and you will read several chapters from the Old Testament, then several chapters from the New Testament, then Psalms and Proverbs. Every day you receive a balanced diet. Every single day. It's a no-brainer. Before I wake up, before I wake up, when I wake up in the morning, <laughs> before I wake up, the Bible. No, no. When I wake up in the morning, I'll get myself a cup of coffee, spend my time with God. I bought a notebook, and I've been using a notebook ever since I got saved. I've been writing insights, what God spoke to me through the written word. And you don't have to have a moleskin notebook to be anointed. Hello. All you've got to do is just buy, you know, maybe a hundred peso or less than a hundred peso notebook from National Bookstore. And all you've got to do is to faithfully just list down what are the things, Lord, that you want to speak to me even right now. And I want to show you, just very quickly before we end, I want to call on the music team to join me here on stage. These are the things that I am actually looking for. And this is an acronym CAPES or CAPES, CAPES. We have to ask ourselves, when you read the Bible, is there a command to obey? Lord, when I open this word, is there a command that you're telling me to obey you? You know, when the Bible says, you know, do not let your eyes cause you to sin, it is better for you to go into heaven with one eye than for you to go into hell with two eyes. If you sin, gouge it out. If there's anything that the Word of God is saying to you, then go and obey that. Is there an attitude to change? You know, how many of you know that worry is a sin? The Bible says, do not worry. Look at the birds. Have you ever seen the bird lately? Have you ever seen a skinny bird because he was fasting? No, God fed the birds. Amen. Have you ever seen the bird fall from the sky because of malnutrition? I have not seen a bird fall from the sky because of malnutrition. Because our Heavenly Father always feeds the bird. Amen. That's how faithful our God is. We ought not to worry. Jesus used this illustration so that you, can, you and I cannot, will not worry. What attitude do we need to change? Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. How many of you are patient? We're not patient. Lord, change my attitude. Make me patient. The more you cry out to God for patience, the more impatient people He will send your way to try your patience. But that's how God changes us. Letter P is a promise to claim. There are 7,000 promises in the Scriptures that you can actually stand up and say, Lord, this is for me because I am a son of God, a child of God, co-heirs with Christ. This promise is for me. E, is there an example to follow? There's so many you know, uh, characters in the Bible that you can learn from their life, their failures, their mistakes, and how they got up. We need to learn from those. And letter S, is there a sin to confess? If God is speaking to us, you know, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. Let our hearts be gentle and pliable before the Lord. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, we need to respond. Amen? And that was, that's exactly what you do. You write on the, on the notebook and you ask the Lord, Lord, speak to me for your servant is listening. But is it all about just Bible reading? It's all about, not just all about Bible reading, it's about knowing who this Bible is talking about. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who is this person that we're talking about? His name is Jesus. In verse 14, it says, And the Word became 
flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, the one who showed up 2,000 years ago as a man, lived with us. He is the Word personified. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's not just about reading your Bible, church. I don't want us to be legalistic and say, Lord, I read my Bible today. Give me your favor. Amen. It's not about that. The Pharisees memorized the Scriptures. They memorized the Torah. They memorized the first by five books of Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. How many of you memorized that? We can even memorize the chronology of the five books. But yet Jesus rebuked them because He said this, and I'm going to end here. In John 5, 39, it says, You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. They trusted in their own ability to know God through their own efforts. And it is they that they bear witness against me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. When we read the Bible every day, my challenge for us is find Jesus in every page of the Scripture. We don't just see Jesus in the Gospels. Jesus is written all over the Bible. From the book of Genesis, Jesus has been revealed to the, there to us in Exodus, in every page of the book until the book of Revelation. And that's who we're looking for. The Bible is meant for us to have a relationship with Him. It's meant for us to be intimate with the God who created us. It's not meant to add another chore or another activity for the Christian to be busy. No, it's not that. You don't want you to be busy. You're busy enough. But we're telling you to read your Bible so that you and I will be able to know the God who cares for us, the God who gave His life for us, and the God who saves us. Amen? Praise God. Give the Lord praise. Let's all bow our heads and pray. If you are struggling in reading the Word, and if you desire to have the discipline to read the Word right now, I want you to raise up your hand. Lift it up. Yes. Just be honest before the Lord. No one's watching you. Yes, Lord. We're humble enough, Lord God, to admit that we need the discipline to read your word. Father, put in us a desire to open up the scripture, to meditate on it, to really imbibe what is written there. I thank you that you will develop the discipline in us, Lord God, to never give up, Lord. I know that there will be days that our Bible reading may be dry, but I thank you that your Holy Spirit is there to help us and to guide us into all truth. So Lord, even right now, I pray God that you would pour out your grace, a deeper desire. May indeed our life will be true. When David said this, that the Scripture, the command of God, is better than gold, than fine gold, sweeter than honey, than in the honeycomb. We thank you, Lord God, that we will find delight, pure delight and pure joy every time we engage with the Scripture. Because as we read the Scripture, we're knowing about you, Jesus. Reveal yourself to us in a fresh and new way every single day that we read the book. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, you may put your hands down. If you are here today, and if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the reason why we're reading the Bible. We want to know who Jesus is in our lives. And if you want to receive Jesus Christ in your life, I want you to do this quickly. Lift up your hand right now. It's very boldly right now. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just lift it up. Yes, I see those hands. God bless you. Anyone else? Just be bold. Yes. Yes, God bless you, ma'am. Yes, yes. Lift it up before the Lord right now. This is the essence of Christianity. You're not joining a church. You're not joining a denomination nor a religion. You are having a living, vibrant relationship with the one who made you. If you're lifting up, lifting up your hand, can you just pray this prayer with me? Can we all pray out loud together with them? Let's pray, Lord Jesus, 
I confess that I am a sinner needing a Savior. Thank you for giving your life on the cross for me. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that He is raised from the dead. Thank you, Lord, for eternal life and for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. If you pray that prayer, please come to the front right after we dismiss. Pastor Ryan and John will be here to talk to you. Can we all stand up right now? Can we lift up our hands before the Lord as we get dismissed? Father, we are so grateful. Thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit to counsel us and to, Lord, just work in our imperfect lives. We thank you, Lord God, that you will give us a great discipline, even a greater desire to read your word. I thank you, Lord God, that we will be presence bearers, Lord God, of, of the Lord. And we thank you, Lord God, everywhere we go, whether it's in school, in our homes, or even in our office uh, place, Lord God, we thank you that we will become salt and light of the earth. So bless your people, Lord God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and grant you peace. May the spirit of righteousness, peace, and joy be with us always. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Amen and Amen. God bless you all. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.